Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, Max is the show. It's presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Here we are in New York City, sunny but chilly. Alan Hahn, Harry Douglas in, and we got a candle burning because that's just what we do here. Now, what is the flavor, Harry, of this candle? Is it flavor? How do we say flavor, scent? What, do we, what, would, you, what would you say? How you pronounce this? P- pomegranate? Pomegranate? Pom- pomegranate? Pomegranate, whatever it says. So you, that's what we got. There you go. What? Yeah, that's what we got right it's, now. It's fruity. <laughs> it's fruity. It's, it's delicious. It's nice. And, and that's what you're about. By the way, that call you heard, Giants-Cowboys 105.3, the fan, uh, in that rejoin. But, but, like, this is where you and I are the same. And we're going to be on the show now for the next couple of days. Yes. So we've, we've talked a lot, but we haven't really worked together like this. So this is when you learn about people that you, you co-host with. No, we work with. together, but not for an extensive right. time. Right, 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 right. Exactly. This is, this is going to be that experience where you really get to know somebody. And I heard you talking about how you like the scented candles, yes. that you're big on that. It's about mood, vibe, all that stuff. But you stopped at a certain point where I'm like, we're on the same page, we're on the same page. And then you hit the brakes my favorite time is when we get to autumn and I go right to like that apple, you know, cinnamon, oh. that, that, you know, harvest kind of fall smelling candles where you put those, you have those going in the house you, and you, you just fit everything. Pumpkin spice? Candle I don't man? know about pumpkin spice. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going that far, Ugh. but cinnamon apple though, that, that whole thing, that vibe, that's, I'm good there, but you don't believe in that stuff. No, let me tell you, let me tell you a quick story. So when I was in middle school, when I got my first kiss, right? The, the young lady decided that she, at the time, wanted to chew big red gum. So for me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this damn scent is terrible. So from that point on, anything like – Anything with cinnamon Yeah, like you it's, off. it's just not my thing. All because of big red gum. Man, the big red gum, the taste in my mouth, man. I went – I brushed my teeth so hard. Because I, I used to carry my toothbrush in my, in my book bag. I went to the restroom what? and, and – and, and, Hit, hit my hit my hit my mouth and my tongue and all that stuff. I was like, oh man, I don't know if it was supposed to be like that. <laughs> wait, wait, that sounds like a scene from uh, it was a middle Ace school. Ventura, middle school, where he just <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> he does everything, including take the plunger and try to clean out his mouth. All right, well, that's a little <laughs> bit that we've learned about Harry. We'll learn certainly more as we continue. But the scent, yeah, the scented candles going here, and you've got us, and we've got you on the Dr Pepper call in line eight 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 say ESPN eight eight seven two nine three seven seven six. And the question we're asking. After everything we saw yesterday, between Tom Brady all of a sudden looking mortal again for one game, Aaron Rodgers surviving the Ravens and winning and winning their division, Kyler Murray and Arizona going to Detroit and decide, well, the jerseys showed up in Detroit. Yeah. The bodies might not have, and they yep. lose. Who is right now the best team in the NFC? Who's the team you trust? And there's another team, Harry, that's kind of been on the periphery of this conversation Early in the season, they were very much in it, but now on the periphery. And I'm wondering, where do they reside in all this? And that's the Dallas Cowboys. Now, they beat a pathetic Giants team 21-6. The Giants are just bad. They had most of their fans in the building at MetLife yesterday, where everybody, well, not everybody, but season ticket holders were getting a, a medium Pepsi. Thanks for showing up. Here's your Pepsi. Sorry we suck. But the Cowboys themselves, though, continue to look really good defensively. Yep. Four takeaways a game now over the last couple of weeks. The defense is healthy, and Dan Quinn's done a really nice job with them looking like a team that's formidable on that side of the ball, which has been an issue for them. 
Dak Prescott, though, had a really interesting thing to say after the game where their offense, once again, it wasn't dominant, but it did just enough. He was asked how he feels how the team is playing right now as we go down the stretch. Uh, yeah, we're definitely building. Um, as I've said before, we're trying to peak at the right time, uh, make sure that we're heading into the postseason uh, with momentum, um, playing some of our, our best ball. Defense is doing that. Offense still has some, some growth to, to do. Um, but as you said, 3-0, and um, three road games, uh, that's big. That's big headed in the direction where we're going. Um, you'll take these wins any way you can get them. Division win. Uh, yeah, great team win just um, here on the road. Why we're we, building. Yeah, that's a very Gettleman thing for him to say. Why? What are they building right now? Well, I, I think when, when Dak goes back and listens to that interview, he's going to be like, dang, I didn't really mean to say that. I didn't want to say that. Uh, even though he was probably thinking it, he probably shouldn't have said that because now there are going to be questions lied all around. We're right here, right now, on this show right now, talking about that simple uh, sound bite that, that mm-hmm. he just had. But for me, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys, I, I just offensively, I don't think they're there right now. Um, at one point during this season, they were there. But I think it got hampered when Amari Cooper went out. Then, you know, next thing you know, C.D. Lamb went out. Now, these guys are mi- missing practice time and missing a lot of time that, that you need with your quarterback. And not just that, I, I think overall as a whole, you see Zeke. He's not 100%. Tony Pollard has the foot injury. So now these guys, you, you have a player here missing time, a player there missing time, another player over here missing time. So now the group is not together. And when I, when I mean not together, I don't, I don't think they're on one accord, right? I don't think their focus is there. Um, and I think sometimes you may, you may read your press clippings like, okay, hey, we're this prolific offense. We are this team. We're the Dallas Cowboys to the point to where you think you just go out there and just show up and play, but it doesn't work like that. You have to grind. You have to, you have to be gritty. You have to work for everything that you want in this league. And I just think as a whole, as an offensive unit, they need to focus more. They need to hone in more. And I think Dak, as the quarterback and the leader of that offense, he needs to grab those guys. Don't wait for a coach to do it. The great teams don't wait for coaches to do anything. The great teams, it comes from within that locker room. So I think Dak Prescott needs to grab everybody and be like, hey, guys, I think we need to focus more. I think we need to spend more time, uh, attention to detail. We need to be more detail-oriented when we do things. And let's not let – a, a, a great opportunity slipped through our hands because they do have a great opportunity. I think if you look at a year over the last, what, you can say 10, this is the best chance that the Dallas Cowboys has, I, I feel, to, to even make a playoff run. But at the rate they're going right now and the way they're playing offensively, they look like they can be one and done. They, they're exactly right. Like They have taken advantage of what's been a pretty bad nope. division for the most part. I mean, they're really not – not big-time challengers in this division against them. you got a couple of rebuilding teams. And then Washington, which has gone through, uh, you know, they don't even – their quarterback situation, now they have an injury there. So, yeah, opportunity seems there, but they just don't look like that team, at least not right now. And right now they, they have the two seed. They have the two seed. And they still have an opportunity to win the one seed. That's the crazy thing about it all is that they've still been trying to find ways to win here and there. Mm-hmm. And they have an opportunity. You look at their last three games. They played the a Washington football team. Right, they play the Arizona Cardinals, who at one point we thought was up here in the upper echelon this year, and the way they started off. But the last two games, they're they're spiraling down in a way that they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Eagles to finish it off, so they have opportunity to win all three of those games. And if if Green Bay stumbles once or twice, uh, I think they'll be right there in the hunt for for the one seed. I think they still have stuff to play for. I mean, you have stuff to play for because you, you you're banking on the playoffs. But now you have a chance to get a first-round buy still. So 
I, they're not going to be calling the dogs off. Plus, you want to go into the playoffs with momentum. Absolutely. And, and again, how much do you believe in them is the question, and who do you believe in in the NFC right now? 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We go to the Dr. Pepper call-in line. John in Texas. John, what do you think? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Cowboy, I'm, I'm 78 years old. I've been following the Cowboys since 1960, the, over the last 20 years of the most overrated, underperforming team in football. And as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Rodgers this year is the MVP. He's gotten more out of the last 10 years with less than any quarterback mm. in the last 10 years. Brady, you know, he's the GOAT. But look, he, when, when the when the push comes to shove, I'll take Rodgers over John, Tom Brady. John, if you've been following the, the, the Cowboys as long as you said you've been following them, I, I want to get from you then from your eyes. What happens to this franchise? It's something Stephen A. Smith was making note of early in the season when they were off to a good start. And there was a lot of talk about, oh, how about them Cowboys became the thing again? And Stephen A. said, you just wait. Give them time. They find, yeah, they, they'll get to the end. Of, we'll get to December, and they always find a way. Drama finds them. Something always happens to this team, and they let you down. So, John, what is it that you see that happens from a fan perspective? Somebody's been following as long as you say you've been having them. What is it that happens? Do they just start – do they get complacent? Do they, are they praised too much in that market? Does it become too easy? What happens to the Cowboys that they never seem to close the deal? The Dallas Cowboys, and I've said it ever since Jimmy Johnson left, Jerry Jones has is the problem. He always has been and always will be. And Dak Prescott is not the quarterback to get us to the promised land. There are very few quarterbacks out there. I, I can may, maybe mention five mm-hmm. that can get us there. Dak Prescott is not the one. But Jerry Jones, ultimately, ultimately, I know you only – I, I got to get off the line. Yep. Ultimately, the buck stops with Jerry Jones. He coddles the players too damn much. Thank you. Well, there it is. Thank you, John. And I know a lot of people have certainly said that. We, we were kicking this around, Harry. It's something that – we were, Bart and I were doing this on our show last week, and it's all hypothetical, of course. Yeah. It's just hypothetical. But let's say Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. Other places that he'd like to go, maybe if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you think, I could trade for Aaron Rodgers, would you trade Dak Prescott for Aaron Rodgers? Come on, man. I mean, aged, aged. I mean, again, I, I how long do you have one versus the other? I don't care about that because I, and I tell you, and I tell you why. A chance to win? A Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers gives you a chance to win a Super Bowl. Now, people think I'm crazy. Like, I said the same thing about even the Chargers. With that arsenal? Oh, yeah. But they kind of need that. Like, like what but he's I, saying but I, but is I, I think I that's the problem with but, the Cowboys. But I won't say that Dak Prescott is not the guy. I'm not going to say that. Now, I do think Jerry Jones is probably the problem because, number one, you can't go on. But what is the problem? Like, what's well, you that can't, problem? You can't go on circuits, right? Calling out the receivers and this and that. Some things need to be kept in house. Doesn't the world doesn't need to know? And I, I think Jerry Jones hasn't figured that out yet. Like everything is not well, meant. If he hasn't for figured it out yet. It won't. He's not gonna figure it. Thank out. Thank you. But I, but I, I think he he wants too much control. And just sit back sometimes and be an owner. Be a like. Stop wanting to have your hands in every single thing. Like, why the hell are you going over the game plan with Mike McCarthy the night before games and stuff like? Sit back, relax. I like to be involved. Yeah, like I, but he's too involved sometimes. Yeah, and well, I think it gets in the way of that football team and that organization. It's it's an it is an interesting thing that we see with a lot of different owners in different sports, but especially in this one. 
Let's get perspective from Lewis Riddick, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Lewis, what, what do you see as, as that? I don't know if you heard that call, a longtime Cowboys fan who just points to Jerry Jones uh, as part of the problem uh, with the team. Why, why they reach a point in the season where they can look so good early on, but at the end they just find ways, whether it's drama or just not living up to expectations, or maybe the expectations are too high because of the market they're in. What are the issues with the Cowboys, and why do we look at them right now and wonder why aren't they better? Yeah, I mean, that's – look, I mean, you're always having to manage ownership when you're a head coach or your general manager or a team president, hell, even if you're the franchise quarterback, because most of today's modern owners do, although, you know, they like to maybe outside of Jerry – give the impression that they're hands off. They're not they They, I mean, they, they paid billions of dollars for these football teams and they, I think like most people feel as though because there's so much information about football and you know, out there uh, that, that is so readily available. And especially when you're an owner and you're on the team and you're there every day, but they feel as though they're just as qualified as anyone else to make suggestions, especially considering the fact that they are the one cutting the check. So it, it's part of the dance that you have to dance when you're involved with an NFL team more times than not. Do I think it has a material effect of what's happening on the football field? No. Look, I, I never went on the football field during my time and thought, well, you know, I remember, you know, I, was, I wasn't thinking about what ownership was thinking about how uh, we were going to call third down or red zone defense or goal line defense or whether or not we were going to go for two or kick it on side. I never even thought about it. I didn't really care. But it does get tiring having to talk about it in between, from Sunday to Sunday. That's for sure. It gets tiring for people to have to constantly – address what the owner said relative to you know what really is really important which is what's going on on the football field with Dak what's going on in the football field with the offensive line what's going on in the football field with the running game and their conversions on third down and whether or not they're getting enough turnover all that kind of stuff with Dallas look I think there's I think the, their start to the season really raised expectations at a like like at a microwave pace. Everyone went from, well, we'll see about this team. They're kind of talented. Dak is coming off of a catastrophic injury. He got a big contract. We'll see. To They're the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. To what's wrong with Dak? Dak's hurt. Dak's broken. Dak's this. That, you know, so, I mean, the pendulum swings so fast and so furious with this football team. I think we're always looking for, like, definitive reasons. And it's usually not just one. There's usually a number of different things. Dak said himself, I need to play better. That I haven't really been ripping it like I was early in the season. Some of that's on him. Some of it's on the adjustments that teams have made to his style, to his rhythm, to his tendencies. Zeke's not 100% healthy. There's been a lot of in and out on the offensive line, which was a staple, a strong point for them early in the season. The one constant, though, with this team, which is cool, which is good at this time of year, is the defense. They're driving the bus. That's the strength of the team. That's going to bail them out in many situations where aesthetically it doesn't look good, but they keep putting up W's, which is the most important thing, as, as you guys both know. So just in this conversation, like, just think of all the, all the stuff I just talked about, all the different things swirling around this team. It can get tiring, but the most important thing is that they're winning games, mm-hmm. and hopefully they can course correct and get some of this quote-unquote drama put on the back burner as they get into the most important, important part of the season and on into the playoffs. Because if they don't, yeah, there's always the potential for a distracted team to have an early exit, which is exactly what you don't want. Yeah. 
Lewis, I want to focus on the uh, the National Football Conference, the NFC, right? You look at Green Bay, mm-hmm. they won yesterday. Dallas is struggling offensively, but the defense are getting turnovers. Tampa Bay, Brady didn't have his weapons. It, they didn't look good offensively at all yesterday. Arizona, they're spiraling mm-hmm. down. The Rams got a big mm-hmm. win the other day. Who is the best team in the NFC right now? <laughs> yeah, man. That, that's always a great question. Uh, I mean, it's just it's weird. Um I think the team that has remained steady and that has, again, maybe not always statistically put up the most eye-popping numbers, but has remained steady, and really the only hiccups they had is when when their best player wasn't there, is Green Bay. That's the team that right now continues to chug along, chug along, chug along. We saw what happened when they went down to Kansas City when Jordan Love had to play and Aaron wasn't there. Then he comes back. They kind of sputter a little bit. He gets back in the group, but they keep putting up wins, putting up wins. That's the team that is probably playing the best three-phase football in the NFC on a consistent basis. Um, I th- I do think that the Rams have now found their identity, especially offensively, about how they need to play with Matthew under center a little bit more, a little bit more 12 personnel, even 13 personnel, run run-centric, play-action pass, all the things that Sean did back in 2017, 2018. And the defense took to heart some of the comments about, you know, maybe they weren't as tough as people thought they were, especially after that Monday night game against San Francisco. So I think they're right in it. You saw how San Francisco, how they kind of beat down uh, Atlanta mm-hmm. yesterday. Don't count them out. Don't count them out in the least. In Tampa, look, the, the Saints have their number, man. The Saints kind of know how to deal with this team. There's such a familiarity, man, that they they don't let Tampa punk them. They, they, they're just not having it. And I think that's kind of a very unique situation combined with how many people they were missing. Tampa's going to be there just because you, you saw how Tom was after that game. Yep. I mean, this is a dude who's accomplished everything you can accomplish in football. And he's pissed off like he's a you know a first year free agent he's trying to prove himself. Throwing tablets. So you know this week's gonna be hell down at one buck place. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. But they'll they'll be there too. Lewis Riddick joining us right now. The Green Bay hotline. Green Bay to answer oh. the question. Green Bay is is to answer the question. But when you brought up the 49ers, just so you know, Harry just started smiling because that's what he's been trying to talk about all show is don't sleep on the 49ers and where they are right now. But we have a game tonight. Well, we have two today, but the Monday night football game, and we'll give you a Monday night football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance, is Bears and Vikings. So, Lewis, what should we expect from these two teams, both of whom might be looking for new coaches at the end of the season? Yeah, look, I I think we we all know when we get in, in the business of the NFL, when you're actually in it, that it's a bottom line business. And Matt Nagy knows that. Ryan, uh, Ryan Pace knows that. The coach and the GM of the Bears, and they know you know where this possibly, likely, I guess if you want to say, is heading. But they're professionals, man. They're both very good people, and they have they have a football team that's going to be undermanned tonight. It's going to be shorthanded, especially on defense. They're not going to have a single starter in the secondary be able to suit up tonight. Not a single one. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. The defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, not going to be there on the sideline. Um, who is a secondary by trade, you know, when, it, when he was an assistant coach, that's how he came up in the business. So, so now it's, it's kind of like a twofold issue. No starters in the secondary, and now your defensive coordinator who has a secondary focus isn't going to be there either. No special teams coordinator. No offensive coordinator, although Matt Nagy will take the reins and he'll call the play. They have an explosive offense that can put points on the board. They showed you that last week against Green Bay. 
They showed us that in their first Monday night matchup against Pittsburgh in the second half in particular. It's going to be about the future. That's what everything about in Chicago is about, the future, about Justin Fields, about Darnell Mooney. It's about those guys. And, and, what, and Tevin Jenkins, their, their second-round draft pick at offensive tackle, is going to start tonight at left tackle. Those are the people to really focus in on tonight. They will play as hard as they can because that's just the way they're wired. But they're going up against a team that's more talented than them. There's no doubt. And that's where in Minnesota, that's where the conversation is going to be. Well, if they're so talented, which right. they are on paper, especially offensively, especially if Adam Thielen plays tonight and the offensive line will be healthy tonight and Dalvin will be there and Justin Jefferson will be there and Kirk's having the best year maybe he's had since he went up there. Why are they so inconsistent? Hmm. That's a question that they ask themselves too, that they're trying to figure out. So I think you'll see points get put up. Both of these defenses, the secondary for the Vikings, as good as Harrison Smith has been throughout the course of his career, this secondary will give it up, man. Mm. They will give up explosive play after explosive. They've done it all year. I would expect nothing different tonight. So I think this will be a – I'm hoping <laughs> it'll be a game that puts up some points. I don't know what, how the, what the quality of defense is going to look like. And, yeah, there probably will be some changes, mm-hmm. you know, at least for one of these teams at the end of the year. And that's unfortunate because Matt Nagy, again, is a good man. And in Minnesota – Let's just see what happens there because, again, that would be a premium job if, if it ever came open. But Mike Zimmer, you got to respect the guy. He's one of the best of guys to talk to in production meetings. He's very honest, very open. He knows he's got a good football team, and it frustrates him just like it does his fan base that he hasn't been able to get it to play more consistently. Yeah, that, that, that is the story there in Minnesota. When you look at that team, you think, why aren't they better? They're, every game they seem to play in is a seven-point game. Monday Night Football yep. Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. All right, Lewis, we got to leave it right there. We love talking with you. Thanks so much for the time, and enjoy the game tonight. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right, Lewis Riddick again on the Goodyear hotline. That's the story in Minnesota, right? Isn't that like quickly here? Kirk Cousins, you're a wide receiver. Yeah. Is he a guy that you want thrown to him, or does he frustrate you when you watch him? Yeah, when he's on. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, when he's on. You look at the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Justin Jefferson should have had probably over 200 yards in that football game. He missed him on two or three big plays that he could have had. So, so frustrating is the it's, response. It's, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, definitely. No but but I, I wouldn't complain, though, because it's some bad quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you've ever played with any. Hey, there's a team, though, that Harry thinks is the best in the NFC West, and it might not be who you think it is. We'll discuss that. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. KJM, ESPN Radio, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Harry Douglas here with you for here in the next couple of days. Are you settling in now, Harry? 
Yes, I have my. I mean, it's a, it's a marathon now. This is a marathon. I'm not worried about a marathon. I mean, four hours four is hours. nothing to me. I've done shows five, six hours. Four hours is nothing for me, baby. Okay. I've been doing radio for a long time, yes, huh? I'm well aware of that. Four hours is nothing. So this is nothing. Nothing. We'll find out on Wednesday if this is nothing. Nothing. Who's the goat? Who's the goat? Pomegranate. Who's the goat? <laughs> Gonna have to work on the pomegranate. Hey, it's all good. Did you baby. just try to make it fancy? That's you just, just try to, to make it. Fancy. Just try to make it sound. When fancy, you don't know how baby. to pronounce a word. Just make it sound fancy. Pomegranate. And then just say, well, <laughs> and then, then when somebody's like pomegranate, that's how I pronounce pomegranate. it. Pomegranate. There we go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. Did you say pomegranate? Yeah, that's how I pronounce it. Pomegranate. <laughs> as simple as that. Stop making me laugh, huh? Oh, that's how we do it. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight eight seven two nine three seven seven six. But you know, I, let's go back though to something that you did talk about. You've been passionate about this, and then when Lewis Riddick mentioned it, you wanted to ask him. I, I wanted, that. and he already went there. Yes, which again is like that. That's that endorsement, right? That's yep. that affirmation that we need when we feel something, and no one's talking about this, and you are saying it. As we talk about teams to watch, the Indianapolis Colts and the AFC, that's sort of like that obvious answer now of a team that is really on the rise. Watch this team. They got an MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor. But there's another team you bring up on the NFC side that I haven't heard anybody talk about until Lewis Riddick mentioned it and you mentioned it, and that is? The San Francisco 49ers. Why? Um, I just think they're built. First of all, it's not too long ago that they were removed from the Super Bowl, right? They were one throw away from actually yep. being Super Bowl champions. They beat the and Falcons, the, your Falcons, 31-13. Yep. So it's not like they played a tough team, but they are what they look like now compared to early in the season are, are different things. But why Night are they day. giving you those vibes to make you say, hey, they're not far removed from a team that was in the Super Bowl? So they're, they're seizing at the right time, right? They're 5-1 and one in the last six games. Yep. And you look at some of the teams that they've beaten um, down that stretch. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Rams. And they've beat the Vikings, right? And I just still, I still think the Vikings are in the hunt of things. I think they still have an opportunity to try to make the playoffs as well. But when you look at this team and you look how they're built, I'm gonna start offensively, right? You have Jimmy G, who's playing at a a, a higher level than he than he has been playing at. And I look at Trey Lance being drafted there, right? Now he has competition. Now he has a guy to push him. And we're seeing some of the best ball from Jimmy G being played this year. Then you have George Kittle. You have a guy at the tight end position who can do it not only in the pass game, huh, but he can do it blocking on the line of scrimmage. And he's been a lot different since he came back from injury. Oh, yeah. A much different looking player. Yeah, he's a guy that I want to go, I want to, go to the bar with and just drink beers all day because I know I have a hell of a time. Confirmed. And then you have a guy like Depot Samuel, a wild card guy, a guy that you can line up at the wide receiver position. You can put him at running back. You can give him speed sweeps, keep the defense honest. And if you want to throw him on returns, you can throw him on returns. A lot of people don't even understand how big Debo Samuel is. Mm-hmm. I, I was around him this offseason, and I was like, man, I didn't realize he was that big myself. And it's just to see him and the way he runs. You've seen yesterday, A.J. Terrell tried to tackle him. The man brings the boom. He knocked, <laughs> he knocked, his, he knocked his mouthpiece out. So he runs angry. But he, he's an explosive play just waiting to happen. But another, I think, uh, an important piece for their team is Kyle Juszczyk. Their yeah. H-back, full-back yes. type, type guy. He, he's a guy that Kyle Shanahan can use in a multiplicity of ways to, to gain advantage over, over, another, uh, over a defense. And then you have Brandon Ayuk, a guy who, who's coming along, coming into his own. They have Muhammad Sanu in that wide receiver group to try to help groom those guys, a guy who's been in the league, done it at a high level. But you go to the, up, the other side of the ball, you look defensively, Nick Bosa. 
tied for second right now in sacks. He has 15. Six straight games with at least one sack. What about that damn bloodline? Him and his brother Joey over yep. there with the Chargers. And then I like Eric Armstead as well. Uh, DJ Jones is playing a good, good brand of football. But the linebackers, I like Fred Warner. Fred Warner right now leads this team in tackles. And then when you look on the back end, Jimmy Ward. I like the brand of football that Jimmy Ward is playing. The only nugget, negative I would have to say about Sam Fran is that can their corners hold up? But when you have an excellent front seven, they don't have to hold up as long as you think they – or you want them to hold up, mm-hmm. right? They only just got to be decent enough to, to, to get PBUs and take advantage of miss air, uh, of Aaron throws by the opposing team's uh, quarterback. But when I look at this team, they play a physical brand of football. They're physical. Let's not forget now, when they played Green Bay not too long ago. They played Green Bay this season, and they barely lost that football game. And that's not even when they were peaking. But back in the playoffs, they played Green Bay in the, in a uh, NFC Championship game. And in the same year, I believe, they played them in the regular season and demolished them as well. If it's one team Green Bay doesn't want to play, I know it's the San Francisco 49ers. Strong. I just think they present a brand of football uh, where you talk about the playoffs that you want to play. You want to control the line of scrimmage. They can do both of those things with their offensive line. You look at Trent Williams, a guy who's been doing it for a long time. One right? of the best. He's been doing it for a very, very long time. And right. I also, I'll, I'll go to their center, Alex Mack, a guy who was in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan. So you just have that continuity there, and I think they're peaking at the right time to make noise. And, yes, I'm going to say it with my chest. I think they're the best team in the NFC West right now. All the other teams, listen, L.A. still trying to figure it out. With Rams all and pieces. Arizona looked like they were just the, the class of it, but they, over the last couple of yep. weeks, have not looked the same, although the Rams looked a lot better this week. Yeah, and, still- I, and I think the last game of the year, the 49ers and the Rams played. And I want to see if, if the Rams are going to – make the adjustments that they had to make because they got bullied in that first matchup. They got bullied, bullied, bullied. But I believe in the San Francisco 49ers, and I believe they can make some noise. And teams, listen, if you match up with them in the first round, it can get scary because that's a potential game that you can lose as a team. It's amazing. When you think about it, too, we thought this was a division in the summer when when I was you know uh, on this show. We talked about could all four teams best, best division make the playoffs. Right now the Seahawks have just gone, yep. uh, you know, th- this has been – Legion with no boom, basically, as Bart has always yeah. said. And, and But you still have the rest of this division, though, very strong. And, in fact, you've got three of them right now in the playoffs. Yep. And that, that is something certainly keep an eye on. But just quickly here, Jimmy G is an interesting topic because he's a guy that the Niners are ready to move on from, mm-hmm. clearly. That's why you draft Trey Lance. But is he done or does he still have value? Like, he's in the second 10 of quarterbacks in the league. He's not a top 10, but he's definitely in his second 10. He, he, he has, so what he, is he at this point in his career, and is he still useful to another team? Yeah, he, he has value, but I'll say this. The, re- the reason why John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance is, is the simple fact that they wanted to bring another dimension to this outstanding offense, right, with these playmakers. Um, a, a, another wild card type of player. Because you look at the offense right now. Kyle Juszczyk, mm-hmm. it's like a wild card type of mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, a wild card type of player. George Kittle, another wild card type of player. It's so a multifaceted. You, exactly. Right. And then once you start, when Trey Lance is in a game, you start having all these moving pieces. The run game that Kyle Shanahan presents is already hell to try to defend. I don't care who they have in the backfield. It don't have to be a name guy. It don't have to be a guy you drafted in the first, second round. It could be somebody who was on the streets. We're going to get him off the streets. We're going to bring him with San Francisco, and I bet he'd be productive because that's how much I believe in the run game uh, of Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. But 
when you can have a, add another wild card player to that equation at the quarterback position, that just makes you that much harder to defend offensively. Now, granted, I was a guy who thought Trey Lance should have played early. But looking at the big picture now, I'm glad that he's, he's not, he didn't play early because he had some things to learn. He had to get acclimated to the NFL game. He has to learn what kind of footballs to throw when it comes to certain routes. You can't throw every ball 100 miles per hour. I'm a receiver. We don't like that because if I'm running a five-yard shallow and you're throwing the ball 100 miles per hour, I'm probably going to look at it and then go back to the huddle and ask you what the <laughs> hell were you thinking. You know what I mean? But I love that. You, you got to have yeah. some touch on, on, on the balls and understand when you need to drive it in there 100 miles per hour. Or you seen Brady last night throw that little lollipop to the running back and he dropped it. If that was Trey Lance hey, earlier this year, he would probably try to gun that thing to him. But you, you got to understand certain nuances of the game and, and get acclimated to it. Now, moving forward, in the long run, he's going to be a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Trust me, they wouldn't have drafted him that high if they didn't think so. Over time. Over time. Over time. But is there going to be enough time before they move on from Jimmy G? That's something that we'll watch this offseason. But as Harry said, don't sleep on the Niners. They are all of a sudden the team you've got to watch. Coming up next, call the roulette. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And remember, don't be a Line 5 guy. Coming up next, KJM, ESPN Radio. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Thirteen black odds, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's time for Call a Roulette. Just don't be a Line 5 guy. I'm told Line 5 is the way to go. Line 5, how you doing? Line five? That's disappointing. Does he not know? Are you there? Is that me? Yes, it's oh. you. Oh, here's my question. All right. Okay. <laughs> Don't be that guy, first of all. Second of all, this is called a roulette. For those who might remember, it's something we did in the summer. We had a great time with it. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The whole point of call a roulette is you call. We don't know what you're asking us or what you want to talk about. That's up to you. We just roll. We spin the wheel. We pick the line. And then you say what you got to say to us, me, Alan Hahn, and him, Harry Douglas. So let's spin the wheel. And it falls on line two. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Well, that's a lot of static. Line two. Line two. They told you you were line two, and you need to be ready. Hey, good morning, guys. There you are. Hey, Mike from Minneapolis. Uh, Hi, my question is, is it time to time to panic with the Bengals and Jamar Chase with an elite talent like that? Four targets, one reception, three yards is embarrassing. I, I think they really need to do what the Minnesota Vikings did halfway through the season with Justin Jefferson when their offense turned around, you know, and make him a focal point, make that a priority for that offense to get Jamar Chase the ball more. Concerns, Harry? Um, I, I would actually like to see him be more of a focal point, but th- here's the thing. Uh, you don't know. Coverage could be dictating a lot of things as well. You know what I mean? Because one thing I do know is that he went to college with Joe Burrow, and one person I know Joe Burrow wants to throw the football yeah. to and probably is uh, petitioning for it to his offensive coordinator is Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, and uh, Jamar Chase has had a tremendous rookie season, but he has to catch the football as well when it does come his way. Now, I'm saying that's just a small portion of it because he's done a tremendous job and made huge plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he still could be Offensive Rookie of the Year, right? Yes. Like he's still very up. much in, yeah. that, in that conversation. Yeah, but, I, but, I'll, but I'll say this. Um, we don't know if they're not focusing on it. I know in Atlanta they was going through this with Kyle Pitts, right? A lot of fans, they wanted Kyle Pitts. Oh, why, why aren't they focusing on getting Kyle Pitts a football game? I mean, the football. And I had to break down on, on a local news station times where they're actually trying to call plays to get Kyle Pitts to football, but coverage and the way he was being doubled dictated the football not going there. So sometimes we may see one thing, but the defense actually may be doing another thing. Uh, so the Cincinnati Bengals, I know for one thing, if you draft them in the first round that high, you're not you're, – you, I don't think you're trying to purposely not get them to football. Yeah. But – yeah, he when he's when he's he's still in his rookie season, so he's still learning things as well. There's also there well, there's that, and I always feel like it's just as simple as this: when you know he should get the ball, the defense knows it too. Yeah, so they're trying to make sure he doesn't get the ball. They don't want him to be the priority either. They've got to adjust. All right, let's spin the wheel. Caller roulette continues. Eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Line six. Yeah, good morning, you guys. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, all the new coaching hires that could be happening this next year. And y'all were talking about Mike Zimmer a lot. I think he needs to leave Minnesota. And they need to get rid of Joe Judge and put Mike Zimmer in there. What do y'all think? A respectable coach to lead that program. A defensive coach. Giants, their history when they're great. Defense is the priority. Tough, hard-nosed. That's what they're supposed to be. Is it a great fit? I mean, again, what's his resume in Minnesota? success but felt like they've never been as good as they should be yeah how much of that is on the coach how much of that is on of course the quarterback well I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll give half uh to 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 Zim and I give half to to Kirk Cousins right but one thing I'll say about this with Zim um the best defense I've ever played against in my 10 years in the NFL was the Mike Zimmer defense okay and one of the things I love about Zim is that he's a nurturer he loves players and guys who you may think uh, or won't be on other rosters, he takes those guys in and makes the best of them. Mm. So I, I, I wouldn't be upset with that hire for the Giants because he's a defensive-minded guy and he's a tough-nosed, hard-nosed type of football type of football, uh, football person. But I, I, I'm saying for, for what about Jim Caldwell, right? What about uh, Eric Bieniemy? What about these guys, right? Jim Caldwell, why is he at home right now? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he at home right now? Why why hasn't Eric Bieniemy 
got a head coaching job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to see those two guys. Those are names that come up in the Jacksonville search. Yeah. As that, obviously, uh, Byron Leftwich as well. Who has yeah, Byron Leftwich doing a, doing a hell of a job. Yeah, and, we'll and, see. And Ty Bowles. It's always a story when we get to the end of the season. We talk about playoff teams, then we talk about coaching openings, and yep. we're going to have a few. All right, let's spin it. Call the roulette continuing here. Line one. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Good morning. I just want to say, man, we can't trust Bart's opinion on the Dallas Cowboys because he has not liked these guys since they drafted Micah Parsons instead of that linebacker that he wanted. Lance Johnson is going to beat him up. He already predicted a, a sophomore slump for Micah Parsons. <laughs> stop hating, man. Watch the Cowboys run out. Run the program, man. Thanks for calling, man. Guys, have a great day. Fired. Yeah, I know. He's not even here to defend himself. He, he, I'll say this, though. He's not wrong. I mean, he, he feels like some of the stuff that Dallas is doing defensively, yeah, I, I completely I completely understand why you would feel that way. They're, KJM presented by Progressive Insurance. Caller Relay continues. There are holes in that defense, but they get covered up by the turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I also like the way they're using him. Oh, of course. You know, and how they're using him. Well, let's spin it. Line three. Good morning, guys. Uh, It's Jerry from Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, Jerry. Uh, All right. Hey, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. But what I want to know, is Dak really in a slump, or is the fact Kellen Moore's got away from calling the place he needs to call? Because over the last two or three games, we haven't thrown the ball over 20 yards more than twice. And – we haven't opened the offense up like we did games one through six. And I just want y'all's opinion on that. What do you think, Harry? I think it's a, a mixture of both. When you look at Kellen Moore, you look at against the Kansas City Chiefs, I thought he should have ran the football more in that football game. So I think he has to be more consistent with his play call and understand what he wants to do. But at the same time, everybody on the offense has to do their job. People keep forgetting about it takes all 11 on offense. You can have one person on defense have a mishap and in in, in, in it not get shown up. That can't happen offensively. If they don't one have person, a running game anymore. That's what I'm saying. But if one person messes up, it's done. Well, yeah. You got two of your backs that banged up, too. Right. That offensive and, line. And an offensive line, I think you're just trying to keep healthy. Yeah. Right? All right. So, Aaron, I'll be back tomorrow and Wednesday as well. And I got to ask you, is this like, do I look like, like a dad with this thing? I put the sweater on because it was cold out this morning. I had no thought because it's dark out. I had no thought that this looked like typical dad work. Give me, honestly. Okay, Pops. I have to upgrade. Okay, Pops. That bad? Yeah, I got to go hoodie tomorrow just to look cool again. Have a good time at the Christmas party. for the kids. Pick up your nephew from school. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.